Today's show is brought to you by Hoopsters, the greatest basketball-themed board game ever. Listen, technology is great and all, but nothing beats sitting down to play a quick board game with your kids or your buddies, and Hoopsters is a slam dunk. It's got all the excitement and energy of basketball and the strategy of backgammon. And you can finish the game in 15 minutes. But I bet you won't play just one, though. Head to hoopsters.store to learn more. Good times. We'll do this in three, two, one. Cue coach. Looking for someone that. T- wait, 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 wait. Coach, coach, yeah. coach. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is just a huge show for us. So yes. I really, you really got to nail this intro. Okay. okay I'll nail it. I'll We've nail got it. an. An actual legit guest. We need a huge intro. All right, here we go. All right, cue coaching. Three, two, one. Looking for something to take your mind off the new normal? Gotten your fill of lions, tigers, and eccentric animal owners on Netflix? Oh, well, yeah. Look no further because you just got the change of pace you needed. Welcome, friends, to what we call Sports Wednesday. Sports Wednesday. That is top-notch work because this is a top-notch show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Wednesday. Sports talk for the medium fan. My name is Pete Brown. I'm the big man on campus. I'm going to be your host tonight. It's amazing. And I've got two other guys who are going to be on the show. I want to tell you all about them. First of all, coronavirus or not, his middle school golf dynasty in Central Ohio cannot be debated. It is undebatable. It's the coach, basketball legend Matt Longley. How are you, coach? Feeling frisky tonight. It's going to be good. Nice night. work. Nice work on the intro. I, Thank I'm glad you. You brought it up because we got a legit guest. We need a legit intro. Nice. And work. I needed that pep talk. Thank you. Speaking of taking it to another gear, he's in three bands who are probably all practicing by Skype every night. It's the maestro, Brian Hake. Maestro, how, how, how's it going with the bands? Uh, it's it's pretty quiet right now, but uh, we're texting a lot, and we mm. are ta- we are talking about doing some sort of Skypey uh, Google Ooh. Play Jam thing. That's artsy. Okay. It's good. It's important. It's important. You guys align on the vision. That's it. That's that's important. I want to thank uh, both of you guys. So uh, last week you did the show. I said let's keep doing the show through the whole coronavirus thing. My dad passed away, and you guys were there. You took took it over for me. So I appreciate that. Uh, and you did a pretty good job. It was it was eminently listenable. I'd give it a, you know, a solid like seventy two percent. Like a, that's, a, that's fucking passing. <laughs> like if I if I was a teacher, like I wouldn't do a C minus. I'd be like, yeah, it's worth a C. Yeah. yeah. Pedestrian podcast is what I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, pedestrian. No, it was it was good. I'm glad we got the show out. I'm glad we're continuing to put the show out. Uh, just so you guys know, we record in remote locations. So we've been 100% coronavirus safe since we started 104 episodes ago. Yes. Very good. Oh, we got some social media stuff to tell you about. You can follow the show on Instagram at Sports Wednesday. I, I did Instagram first tonight, guys, because I think the content on there has been really good lately. I think the one thing about the quarantine is that we all have more time to post Instagram content. <laughs> yes. The This Is Why We Don't Let Coach Do series has been particularly enjoyable. I, I as coach, since I am coach, I'm particularly enjoying that. <laughs> Very good, Maestro. Some nice content. And we're going to have a killer slate for this show because, as I said before, we've got a legit guy. This is not Bonzi Wells leaving us a voicemail because we don't hit. We got we got it all worked out and we got a legit guest tonight. It's fantastic. All right. Over on over on the Twitter at Sport Wednesday, uh, 
you know, I got to be honest, if you're sitting there going, do I follow these guys on Instagram or Twitter? I'm going to say Instagram right now. Uh, yes. But follow us on, you know, I mean, what's it cost you, really? <laughs> two, two little clicks. That's right. We got, uh, I just looked at the numbers. We're up to like 129 on Instagram and 673,000 on Twitter. So <laughs> let's boost those Instagram numbers how's if our, we can. How's our TikTok content going? TikTok, mm. it's amazing. The thing is, Coach got banned from TikTok. We don't want to talk about that. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a very. I thought it was artistically justified nudity, Coach, in your true true color Cindy Lauper cover. But <laughs> the folks at TikTok saw it differently. They definitely did not cease and desist. All right, very good. So, uh, is that all the housekeeping we have, guys? Yeah, I think it is. All right, let's lay it out there. I want to I want to talk about our interview with our guest, and then we're going to play it, and then we'll we'll just do a little recap afterwards. So uh, coronavirus now, sports world stopped. How many how many times have we texted each other saying we should probably try and get people on the show now because we've never been able to do it before? Several times. Several times. So I, I got a wild hair and I sent off a direct message on Twitter to Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Ohio Bobcats. I know all our Central Ohio listeners are like, oh, yeah, you guys talk about him a lot. Uh, outside of Central Ohio, Russ Eisenstein is an amazing play-by-play guy has been covering the Ohio Bobcats for 12 years, but he had a long and super interesting career. And the three of us did an interview. I told him it would be 15 minutes. He talked talked with us for 40 minutes. He just just generously gave up his time. So we talk about the Ohio Bobcats uh, season. We talk about uh, his career. We talk a lot about uh, the difficulty of broadcasting play-by-play, which Coach and I experienced, if you remember, last summer when we tried to call an inning of play-by-play baseball. Very hard. That's right. And uh, and Meister, I'll tell you what, he didn't ask a lot of questions, but when he did, it was pure gold. Solid. <laughs> so let's go. Yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, we actually had Maestro play the intro in our interview. So Maestro, do you want to play an intro to the intro? Oh, how does that double work? double intro? I don't know. I'll make it work in post. Should I play <laughs> the thing? Should I play the same thing and you can melt them together? Ooh. Yeah, I got a melt button in my software. That's cool. Let's try it. I'm going. Sounded great as always, Maestro. This is a huge moment in Sports Wednesday history in our two plus years of podcasting. We have got a totally legit guest, and I can't be more excited. It is Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Ohio Bobcats for the last 12 years. Is that right, Russ? Yeah, totally legit. Yeah, 12 years went by fast. Wow. And uh, huge, huge, huge. Uh, I'll just tell you, we when we started the show, we got in an early an early episode a discussion about Bonzi Wells, right? The Max all-time leading basketball scorer. We said, let's reach out and get him on the show. And he said, sure, we'll do it. But we were new at this and we messed up the recording. So all we got was a voicemail from Bonzi Wells. And we were thrilled with that. So <laughs> So getting you getting you on the show is is amazing. I want to talk about. I just want to before we drop into because we want to talk about your career a little bit. But the Bobcats really looked like they were playing some good basketball there at the end of the year, the foreshortened year. I mean, they were really coming together. That blowout against Miami, 
the Kent State game and that Akron game, which they seemed to have in hand, but then uh, and then lost it there at the end. Yeah, they were playing their best brand of basketball at the end of the season. And that sounds like coach speak. It might sound like Peter positive broadcaster speak, but uh, you guys listen to me uh, and Rob. And, and so, you know, that we'll shoot you guys straight. Um, they really were playing their best brand of basketball at the end of the year. You know, Jason Preston, even with all the miles on his tires uh, still looked incredibly fresh. Uh, that win in Oxford, I think did a lot uh, the home win over Central Michigan. That was that was kind of a perfect storm there because uh, Central had to bust down from Mount Pleasant, uh, couldn't get a plane that quickly to come down for the MAC tournament game. Um, with Ohio hosting, Ohio coming off the win over Miami, coming back home for a MAC tournament game, I, I really thought that there was no chance in the world that Ohio was going to lose that night, and they didn't. Uh, and then, unfortunately, going up to Cleveland, with the way everything went down, And yeah, you can read the tea leaves to figure out that the tournament wasn't going to be played. And even if it was, even if Ohio played Akron that day, I don't think there wouldn't have been a a semifinal game to play the next night. Um, But I think Ohio had a really good shot against the Zips. Um, And if it were a normal year with a regular tournament, and if it uh, didn't uh, come along the same lines and, and same time frame as the virus did, uh, I think Ohio had a really good shot not only to beat Akron, but also to uh, potentially beat Miami or Northern Illinois and, and get to the championship game. Yeah, we were certainly hoping for that. How surreal was that moment in your career, though? Because I, it was a very late call to cancel it. I was pulling it up on on the live stream, and and you know I was expecting fully expecting them to come out and warm up, and it seemed like just a few minutes beforehand they called it. Yeah, it was weird because. I had gotten there on Tuesday. Uh, Ohio got up there, practiced at Case uh, Western, and we stayed downtown there right by the arena. And so there on, mm-hmm. on Tuesday, uh, and if you guys have, have been up to downtown Cleveland, they have, they have Barrio Taco right there, uh, a block <laughs> north of the arena. And that's the best taco I've had um, outside of Texas. Uh, maybe in my life. Uh, so we, we've had, we had Barrio there every night. So uh, Tuesday I had it. Wednesday, Rob Cornelius got up there. Uh, Jason Arkley was there too. My buddy Chad Bush is the announcer at Eastern Michigan. Um, and so he asked me to, to jump on the broadcast with him of uh, Eastern's uh, women's game against Ball State. So that was really cool. So I actually did broadcast a game up there uh, doing color on the Eastern broadcast on Wednesday, but you really got the sense of how weird it was walking into that arena that day. Uh, Ohio had the benefit of the fact that uh, Ohio's men's team watched the Ohio women play. uh, So they, they had more emotion. The women did uh, than anybody else did in that tournament based on the men being there. And then on, uh, on Wednesday night, um, as, as everything went down with the Utah jazz, we were, we were at Barrio Rob, Jason Arkley, Chad, and I, and we were kind of watching it all unfold. And we basically were like, is this really going to happen? Are, are we going to play? Is there going to be a broadcast? And then you wake up the next morning and the Mac tweets out that the tournament's still on. We got there and yeah. it, it just felt eerie. It felt weird. Um, that's the best way to put it. It felt surreal. It felt empty. Um, and we started the broadcast. Normally, and you, you, you all have listened to the broadcast, it starts with that Learfield IMG sting. The following yep, is a presentation yep. of Learfield IMG College, America's home for college sports. Then I'll, I'll pop on with a quick line, and it would have been 
Cat Zips Mac Tournament starts now. But I, I wrote out something more to kind of, you know, put everything into words. Um, and then we ran our normal open. And Sarah Lagarski, Ohio Sports Information Contact for Basketball, came up to us basically as we were getting out of that first break to say that the, the game was delayed until 1 o'clock. So Rob and I are trying to figure, well, how are we going to do this? Are we going to kick it back to the stations? Are we going to stay on? Well, it turned out that we stayed on, and um, Ohio came out on the floor, and they, they went through a, <laughs> basically a pickup game. And so the last play-by-play that we did this year uh, was of that pickup game. I tweeted it out. There's a rewind of it. Um, and I put the rewind together of the whole game or the whole day uh, from start to end. And so the last play-by-play <laughs> that I did in my 12th season with Ohio was of a scrimmage on the floor in downtown Cleveland. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. And do you think the Bobcats were playing well because – something was gelling in the system. I mean, how did they go from a team that lost to Campbell to a team that was legitimately looking at making a run in that tournament? Well, the pieces <laughs> were there. Um, you know, Ben Vanderplas, Jason Preston. Uh, yeah. Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> uh, Jordan Dardis. Um, yeah. So everybody started to just kind of fill their role a little bit more. Sylvester Obanda, uh, seemed to grow into his grad student body of being yeah. 10 and knowing it. Um, so yeah. everything started to come together towards the end of the season. And uh, I actually voted Jason Preston second behind Lauren Christian Jackson for player of the year, which is odd yeah. considering Ohio was um, uh, playing in a first round game of the MAC tournament, but I believe it. Uh, the numbers yeah. that he had nationally and within the league um, they were worthy of a player of the year type of type of award. Um, and so, yeah, everything really started to come together. They started to feed off that emotion and energy. And even in some of the losses, they knew that they had a shot. Uh, so yeah. that, that wasn't just your normal uh, team rolling into Cleveland. I have a question, Russ. play a first-round um, game of the MAG tournament. Jeff they Bowles, had to we know because we watched they him really play that they back, could do it. back in the 90s. Him coming to Ohio University, does he – does he bring a different type of credibility for his recruiting? Like, is he getting like sit downs with guys that normally OU wouldn't because of where he came from being under the Thad Mata tree? Yes, I, I would think so. Um, there, there's a lot of different layers of cat credibility here. Uh, the fact that he played here, the fact that he was able to balance what it is of, of being a student athlete in Athens. Um, yes. I went to SIU Carbondale, and and we were the number one party school in the country for for a while prior to me getting into school. Um, so so that was a really fun school, um, and and there there's balance that you have to have there. Uh, Athens for an eighteen to twenty two yes. year old student. Uh, or student athlete, you all know it's an amazing place to be. Uh, so you have somebody who, who won at a high level, um, who is here as a student athlete, who who managed all that sort of stuff, uh, and oh by the way, uh, was under Thad Mata in Columbus, who who recruited very well there, uh, who went on to be a head coach, uh, who kept his ties to Athens. So th- there are a lot of layers here 
to, to the green and white cred that he brings to the table. And so I think if a, if a prospective student athlete uh, hears that, if the parents hear that, they know that there's, there's some legit pride, honesty, and potential for what Jeff Bowles can do with, with, their, with their son if he were to come uh, down here to Southeast Ohio. Wow. Well, uh, we all love him. Obviously, we were in school when he was there. It's the Dave Jamerson era of Bobcat basketball. Uh, one of our, I would say, all-time great Bobcat memories from the years we were there as students was a triple overtime game at the Convo against Miami. I believe we lost the game in the end, but like a blizzard <laughs> started and blew through during the game. So we walked in, there was no snow, and we came out, and there was like a foot of snow it was just the most surreal experience. And Jeff Bowles was on that team. Uh, and I just like, when I look back at my four years at Ohio and our football team was really struggling back in the nineties, as you might know, uh, that was like the bright spot of my, my career as a fan of the Bobcats. And I'm wondering what, since you've been, since you've been broadcasting the Bobcats, what are some of your top Bobcat moments that you've really loved calling? Well, I, I go back to my time and, uh, uh, growing up in the southwest suburbs of Chicago and going to MAC games when Northern was in the MAC in the early '80s, um, a decision that that still has uh, has repercussions to this day. Um, but I remember Ohio coming in. Uh, I remember that Danny Knee Robert Tatum team that came in in, in 1984 after uh, Tatum and the Bobcats beat my ISU Redbirds, Raynar Mullane and Ricky Jackson and. And, and uh, Hank Cornley and those those Redbirds, you know, that three-year-old Russ thought were awesome. And so I was pissed at Robert Tatum and the Bobcats coming in because they beat my Redbirds. Um, but I, I remember those Ohio teams, and, and I grew up a Mac fan. Um, you know, Ball State's done a great job of, of tweeting out, live tweeting uh, their NCAA tournament games um, from uh, 1990 and the run to the Sweet 16 that they had. And so I, I grew up still a Mac fan in addition to a Missouri Valley Conference fan. And so that was all part of me getting the job here. Uh, when Warren Swain left, um, I knew about Ohio, obviously, and I thought that a Mac play-by-play -play job would be something that I could handle very well. Uh, and luckily, I got the job, and, and luckily, the fans have enjoyed it. Uh, but no doubt, that run in 2012 was yeah. the greatest of my broadcasting life. Um, we stayed, Rob Cornelius and I actually stayed in the media hotel. The team stayed by the airport, uh, but we stayed at the media hotel, which is a block north of Broadway and the arena <laughs> in Nashville. So um, you all know, I, I, I burn the candle at both ends. Uh, when there's a job to do, <laughs> I do it. Um, but during that run there, we went out every night. We had fun. Every night, nice. we were there till the bars closed every night, and we broadcasted our tail off. Um, and we, we had a producer. Uh, Tony Castricone is the voice at Washington now, does a great job. He is a, a loyal Bobcat. He's an Ohio grad. So uh, he came up from Winston-Salem uh, partially to be on that run with us because he's a Bobcat fan. But he was, he was our <laughs> yeah. producer engineer, too. We normally don't have that. Uh, Rob yeah. might hand me a cable, but he's, he's not. a producer. <laughs> And I, I go, he, he helped yeah. out. He helps out. Uh, but I, yeah. I set up and tear down the equipment. <laughs> well, with Tony there, it felt like 
it felt like I was Gene Deckerhoff at Florida State. I, I, I felt like, you know, I was Dan Horde at Cincy. It, you know, you felt like Johnny Big Time then. And so all that went into that. And, oh, by the way, um, I knew that Ohio would beat Michigan. Knew it. Thought it was oh, a great matchup. Nice. I, I knew that Ohio was going to win that game. And so for preparation <laughs> for that big moment and knowing we were going to stay and the off game, off day in between, oh, babe, we, we, had, we had big time fun. We, we had big time fun. We, we played every note out of the music city that we could. And then to go to St. Louis, um, a city that I know as a Missouri Valley Conference guy and going to Arch Madness for all the years, um, I got to work out at the gym that I work out when we go there. Um, I got to eat barbecue at a place that's now closed, but 17th Street Barbecue in Southern Illinois used to have a location in O'Fallon. So I had that on game day. Uh, got to go out in the spots that I go out to uh, when I'm there. Um, and so uh, we, after that game and the emotion of it all, I, I've cried or gotten misty-eyed on the air just a handful of times. I'm an emotional guy. Um, but at the end of that broadcast, I, I had tears in my eyes and Rob Cornelius did too. And uh, so to be there for that whole run, I didn't sleep until we got back to Athens uh, the next day. Uh, I was out late, got back to the hotel to get my bag, and then we flew with the team back, got on the plane with John Gross and kind of knew that, that things were going to change. And then we got back to Athens, and, um, and, and that was that. But th that was most certainly on and off the floor, my most amazing run during my time here. And, uh, and calling you voice of the Bobcats, while accurate, is probably uh, just a small part of the overall job because you do you do sit over all the broadcasting, and so there's quite a bit more work to it. One thing I've always been curious about is sometimes uh, you guys have the TV call, and sometimes I put on TV and it's somebody else. How does that get decided? My boss is Michael Stevens. He's the associate athletic director at Ohio, and, and he and I have gotten along very well during his time here. Um, and so uh, he gives me, I think it's four or five games a year um, to, uh, to shift over and do, <laughs> do the TV call. Um, I'd like to think that I've got the voice for radio and the looks for TV too, but, um, but, but that might be debatable. But I, I'd like to think that I bring a, kind of a total package approach to it. That's where I'd like to go in my career. Um, and so there's a, there's, it's a different style of broadcasting when you're doing TV. Because yeah. um, on radio, you're, you're calling the play. And then Rob fits in where he fits in, and you call the play. But, but on TV, you're talking more storylines, and you're kind of narrating it as opposed to um, full-on play-by-play. You're, you're, you're yeah. broad-stroking it as opposed to uh, the nuts and bolts, bolts of it all. But um, we've had fun with it. You know, Marty Bannister has done a very nice job uh, on the E3+. Plus. Uh, too. Uh, so that's how we've worked that out here. Nice. Well, I love it when you're on the TV, so we'll let Stevens know more Russ on TV. I appreciate that. Please uh, let him know. We've read, you know, read a little bit about your career and we're really interested in, in the early years when you start out and you're kind of going all over the country. And then it seemed like at kind of a young age, you had this show for the New Orleans Hornets. So I'm curious how that all came together. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, my life changed at 25. Um, obviously Katrina hit. Um, and so I was in Bloomington, Illinois at the time I'd worked at WJBC radio. I was a part of the broadcast for Illinois Wesleyan and Illinois state still 
you know, local radio has a great presence in some places in the country and, and central Illinois, uh, that radio station is tremendous. I was fired. I was let go. Uh, the program director and I didn't see eye to eye uh, on some mm. things. And um, that was prior to the start of, of a football season there. So I was 25. And um, Sean Kelly, who is now on uh, the ESPN national call of uh, football and, and, and the NBA, uh, left Tulane and he was the new voice of the, of the Hornets, now Pelicans. And so Katrina hit. And, you know, I'm having that tough time in my life, but I'm also looking at the tough time that they're having um, down on the Gulf Coast region. And so it kind of put a lot of things into perspective. At that time, that was, that was dial-up internet. And uh, yeah. I was online uh, looking for jobs. And my mentor, who I believe is the best play-by-play voice in the country, uh, Southern Illinois' Mike Reese, um, good friend, and he... He is, and my father, are, are reasons why I broadcast the way that I do. Um, he's a pro's pro, and he's fair in good and bad. And so that's who I grew up um, uh, being around. <laughs> but anyway, he sent me an email because he was trying to call me. Uh, he said, get offline, and uh, Sean Kelly wants to give you a call. Um, so I took that call, and uh, he said, hey, you know, can you come to Oklahoma City? I said, sure, I've got nothing going on. But he said, hey, no, I want you to come out here to work. I thought, okay. And so drove out there, um, put everything in my car, uh, and drove to Oklahoma City and uh, lived in Norman. Um, It was just a a wild situation because they had to put a radio network together in Oklahoma, but also in Mississippi and Louisiana. Um, It was really on the fly. You know, Oklahoma City hadn't had an NBA team, but they, they felt like they were auditioning for an NBA team with the Hornets being there. So um, did pre-half and post uh, talk show, uh, did TV work for them. <laughs> wow. um, it was awesome. It really was. So at 25, I think I made more money than I make now. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, but, you know, everything that was added, um, you know, I, I filled in <laughs> on, on Jerry Valancourt's show in New Orleans the day that the Saints got Drew Brees. It was the easiest sports talk show I'd ever done uh, because everybody yeah. was talking about how awesome it was to get Drew Brees, and it turned out to be awesome. Um, Byron Scott was the head coach. It was Chris Paul's first two years. Oh, yeah. And I'm coming from yeah. SIU where I dealt with Bruce Weber and Chris Lowry and Jerry Kill and, and great administrators and Reese, and everything was so professional. And then to take that confidence up through, even through some tough times in Bloomington, but then go to Oklahoma City. And, and to deal with wow. Byron Scott, who was on the Showtime Lakers, um, and Willis Reed, who worked for the organization at that time. And to be around that whole situation and to be valued and be a part of that was just awesome. Um, struggle with confidence at that time, uh, just in, in my life. Um, I, I probably didn't uh, maximize it as much as I could have. Um, but at that, at that age, you know, I, um, I wasn't in the gym as much as I am now. I didn't, I, I don't think that I did it as, as, as well as I could have. Um, but uh, the talk was, well, all right, how do you get back here on the play-by-play level? And at that time, um, you had to do play-by-play to get play-by-play. And so I left there. I had the option to go back to New Orleans with them. Um, but they agreed that um, going on to, uh, to get play-by-play was something I, I could do uh, that would lead me back there. Uh, so I um, uh, had minor league 
uh, uh, two summers in the minor leagues, I, I did um, short season A in Eugene. And so I, I called 76 games in 80 days in short season A ball in Eugene. And it was awesome for two <laughs> summers. And then uh, went to Idaho State, got that job, made $18,000 and lived in married student housing there. Uh, but it was mine. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it, was my, it was my job. Uh, and I was the voice. It was something I wanted to be. So I introduced a lot of the things that I, I do here at Ohio, there at Idaho State. The pregame opens, yeah. an hour pregame show, a daily sports cast, uh, adding a high-level approach to Idaho State. And then Warren Swain left after his year here. I was actually in Cleveland uh, hanging out with Jason Nicholas, who's a meteorologist at one of the station's uh, TV up in Cleveland. And uh, that was when we found out that Warren, Warren was leaving. And I applied for the job and got the job. Um, nowhere in there was there a plan to be here for 12 years. And, yeah. um, uh, and, and it's no disrespect to Ohio. It's just, it's just you know, what it is in your career. Um, yeah. And so me being here for 12 years is awesome. But it also shows how tough this business is, too. But with sure. that, um, I think hopefully... <laughs> 85 or 90 percent of the fans enjoy what we do 10 percent you're never going to win over that might think i'm a jerk and that's fine i get it um so um that's what all of this has been like and now dealing with my parents being eight hours away back home working in grocery stores and worried about how they're dealing with the virus every day and being down here and still trying to be productive and still trying to infotain um this is this is tough to deal with but um, this is kind of like verbal therapy right here uh, to come on yeah. the podcast with you guys. Nice. Well, we, you brought up baseball. I know Coach has a pretty important baseball question. As we're, Coach and I both are baseball guys at heart. Uh, in a podcast episode probably about six months ago, uh, we <laughs> brought up uh, an inning of Major League Baseball. Well, I'll say an inning of baseball from the 70s, and we tried to call play-by-play -play as we watched it. It was so hard. Oh my, you know, every sports fan thinks, oh yeah, I could do that. And then like, even just watching it. Yeah. Like you're just talking about the play by play. You do all three. Oh and I did God. read you talked about, <laughs> you have to disaster, change but, the pace uh, on, ahead, between Chris, basketball and football. Baseball. And I know baseball is a much slower pace, but there's a lot more time to fill. How, which out of the three, which one do you enjoy the most? That's uh, a great question. Um, and my dad says that he enjoys hearing my baseball, um, uh, more than any other sport. Um, and, and that's because I, I grew up on it. You know, I grew up listening to basketball and football too, but you, you just listen to more baseball. Just naturally you're going to listen to more baseball. So that's a great answer. I grew up <laughs> as a Brewer fan in Chicago and this is back in the yeah. American league days. And so, um, <laughs> WTMJ out of Milwaukee. <laughs> we, we were worried you were going to say Cubs fan and we'd have to shut the interview down. <laughs> now, what's funny about that is I didn't grow up a Cubs fan, but I was really close to getting a job with the Cubs. Um, Corey Provis, who now is the play-by-play -play voice of the Minnesota Twins. Um, this was back when I was with the Hornets. Dave Ennett's the sports director at WGN Radio, but he's also the play-by-play -play voice of the Wildcats. Um, so he and I talked about that oh, job. Wow. Uh, it was basically an inning of play-by-play -play when Pat Hughes doesn't do it uh, and scores. Well, Corey got that job. He then got the job. He got the job with the Brewers. 
Uh, and so I listened to the guy that beat me out for the Cubs job um, oh, on the man. Brewer broadcast. And actually, that, that happened again. Joe Block, who does games for the Pirates, uh, he took the job with the Hornets <laughs> after I left the Hornets. Joe Block got the job with the Brewers. So I listened to two guys that I had. Now, I never met Corey before, um, but I, I listened to two guys on the Brewers broadcast that I'd like to think I'm just as good at, maybe a different style, and was really close to getting a job uh, that Corey got, and then Joe got the Pirates job. So a lot of this has been just really close, where that connection to the guy that got the job or might have had the job after me. Um, so that's, that's, that's a little bit of a baseball connection. But to answer your question, um, you just kind of flow with it. And, and it, it could be the Mac. It could be minor league baseball. Uh, it could be in the majors. I, I tweeted out two rewinds this past weekend that if you guys want to listen to, um, I, it really, I hope, uh, shows that what I could do on a baseball play-by-play level. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Ohio. It doesn't matter if it's minor league ball. I want to make it sound like it's a major league broadcast. So um, yeah. you have these moments where you're telling a story but then you've got to flip right. right into a quick kind of basketball-esque play-by-play because it happens so fast. <laughs> I mean, you could be talking about the podcast that you were on with Bobcat fans, and hopefully millions of people are listening to it. And oh, by the way, here's the two, two yeah. bang down the ground to third, quick backhand pickup, throw to first, out number two, you're in the top of the third. You know, that's how that's just that's how you gotta flow with it. So um yeah, I, I mean, I was raised on radio, transistor radio, well, listening ask you to a, games a, 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 that way, question, then, and that's kind of how it's flowed into my play-by-play style doing brewer. baseball here. That's great. Oh. Robin Yount. Robin Yount, Paul Molitor. Yeah. That 1982 team, now I was two years old, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I've seen a lot of those games yep. via you know VHS tape. Um, Brewers against the Angels and the best of five ALCS. Um, Cecil. You know, Ben Ogilvie and Gorman Thomas. um, Yeah, Cecil Cooper. So good. Um, You know, there's a really, really cool highlight of a game winner against the Angels in game five of the ALCS where Coop, and if you you remember his batting stance style, was kind of compact and low to the ground. And so – the game, the eventual game-winning hit, was kind of sliced <laughs> to left. So he pulled the ball, and and he, much like uh, Carlton Fisk with the Red Sox, was telling the ball to get down, get down, and it got down, and the Brewers eventually won. So that '82 team, and then the '87 team um, won 13 in a row to start the season, and that set the major league record. Oh, and, nice. and, and the 13th game came at Old Comiskey Park on the south side, and, and we got to go to it. Brewers were down to the game, came, came back, won the game. I think Greg Brock hit a, hit a home run in that game, um, and the Brewers won 13 in a row. Excellent. Uh, so that 82 team, the 87 team, and then I'll tell a story that has some Bobcat ties. Um, so last, well, two seasons ago, uh, when the Brewers were in the uh, CS against the Dodgers, uh, Dave Abram is is a loyal Bobcat, just an awesome guy. He he's up in in the Northeast. He he lives in Massachusetts, and he comes back often. And um, so he came up to the booth during the broadcast of the homecoming game against Bowling Green. Well, 
Ohio had won that game, and I was going to come back home that night and watch game seven of the NLCS Brewers-Dodgers. Well, uh, he said, come by the tailgate after the game. I said, all right. So came out there and chilled with them, and he said, hey, by the way, if the Brewers are in the World Series and they're playing the Red Sox, I've got access to tickets. All you got to do is get on a flight and come to Boston, see the Brewers in the World Series in game one at Fenway. And I, I lost my mind. I thought, That's oh, my, it, holy, we're going to be there. It's going to be, we're going to do it. All we got to do is win the game. I came home, got, got a pizza from a place in the Plains, Little Italy. Um, and I, I set up and, and I called my dad and mom and, and we got so emotional before the game. Oh, no. and, dad, I get to go to Fenway if the Brewers are there. And we cried <laughs> and thought, oh, yeah. And oh, no, it didn't happen. And, and the Dodgers won. And Damn, so nice. I was going to be there. But there's a little bit of a bobcat tie to what, what mm -hmm. could have gotten me to game one of the World Series a couple seasons ago. Yes. Nice. Well, coach's favorite player is Rick Manning, who became a brewer after the Indians traded him, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And actually, so. um, I remember a doubleheader mm -hmm. at Old Comiskey Park where Manning was, I, I think, in left field that day. And if you remember Old Comiskey Park, they yeah. kind of had that picnic area there where, where yeah. they were kind of screen-covered cutouts of the left field wall. Uh, kind of a precursor to like a, a party patio at minor league parks or major league parks. Well, there was nobody there. There was a rain delay. And I, and I kept I tried to have a conversation <laughs> with Rick Manning um, in left field that day as a little Brewer fan, Russ. Uh, I think he might have waved or something, but uh, but I think he does a great job. Honest, not too much. I, I think he does a really nice job in the broadcast with the Indians. Big time. Uh, OK, Russ, we're taking a lot of your time. I do, do have a question. You've listened to a lot of. Uh, of play-by-play -play guys, who do you listen to where you're just like, that guy's amazing? Like, who do you aspire to? You know, knowing all the intricacies of what you do, you know, so it might even be little things that you're hearing that we're not necessarily picking up on, but who who's that broadcaster for you? Well, you know, I, I mentioned him before, but but Mike Reese with Southern Illinois. Um, sure. If you, if you follow him on Twitter throughout the course of a football or basketball season, all the stuff that he puts out, um, it's amazing. You know, he never used to be that guy with computer editing, but he's really, um, he, he's a steward for the history of the program. He is, uh, he is a keeper of that history, and he's been there for over 40 years. Uh, so he's so much of a legend there. Um, yeah. The style that he broadcasts, and if you follow him on Twitter, you, you'll go back and, and, and hear a lot of his play-by-play -play and just how he asks questions uh, and the type of broadcaster that he is. And, and I know it. he might not have the name on a national level, but there's yeah. no doubt in my mind that, that he's one of the best broadcasters that I've ever known and have ever listened to. Um, but there, there are also really good broadcasters um, in the Valley, but, but in the Mac as well. Um, but I, I go back to my Valley roots and Art Haynes at Missouri State, Dick Ludke at Illinois State, um, Dave Snell at Bradley. Um, there, there are lots of guys at places across the country that might not have that marquee title of a major yeah. conference voice. Uh, you know, Gary Ryan at Northern Iowa is another one. And I'll tweet about them throughout the course of the year. That's a cool thing about Twitter. Uh, I want fans to hear other voices too, uh, and good ones. Yeah. And so if you, if you follow me, what you guys do, 
Um, you'll see that throughout the course of the year. So that's the kind of stuff that I believe in. But my, my kind of broadcaster is open, honest, fair, fun, somebody that is honest in good and bad. And I've said that to, yeah. to my bosses, and I'll say that to our student athletes and our coaches. Um, I, I want to be fair, and I, I need the fans to trust me, and, and, and hopefully Bobcat fans have. Yeah. Uh, Maestro, you got any questions, or are you just wait, waiting to play us out? No, I did. Well, I, I am curious about, like, I, I love that he's sticking to his roots, but there's got to be, like, a, a mainstream guy. Who's, like, who is the guy, like – I mean, is it like Joe Buck or Al Michaels or Jim Nance or any of those guys? Right, so, so big yeah, who, are, who are out of the big names are guys that are like, you know what? I could roll with him or, you know, he's he's got some chops. I, I think, you know, Pat Hughes, the play by play voice of the Cubs, um, yeah. does such a tremendous job. Uh, Kevin Kugler, uh, who's on really seemingly on on every national call now. I think he does a great job on Westwood One, the Big Ten Network, on on um, whatever games that he does. Uh, I think there's a balance of fun and fair. Um, so so those type of guys. Um, if you watch, um, you know, Gi the Giants TV broadcast, uh, Glenn Kuyper and, and Mike Kruko, um, they do a, a tremendous job. I think they're they're awesome. They have that blend of of fun. Um, but serious as well. So any, anybody that kind of has that balance is, is my kind of, my kind of broadcaster. And so, um, you know, Hughes, um, uh, Kugler, um, and you know, the giants broadcasters, uh, I think Cubs TV, I think they do an awesome job. Um, uh, Len Casper and Jim Deshays, uh, I, I, I didn't grow up a Cub fan, but watching a Cubs broadcast, I think is that perfect balance of fair, fun, um, and, and more than just the game that they're calling it. This is a candy store life. Yeah. And if anybody wants to listen to our broadcast or the broadcast or this podcast for, for that matter, um, I want fans to enjoy it. And so those are the type of broadcasts that I really enjoy. So I have another question nice. for you too. Um, so coach, our coach, he, uh, he likes to rip on, on soccer and hockey calls them like second, second tier sports, but what are your thoughts on hockey announcers or soccer announcers compared to the the big American three? It's a different skill set, and hockey is so hard. Um, I've never called it. Uh, I've never called soccer either. But it, it, it's all just different skill sets. Um, to have a, a captivating broadcast in soccer, uh, you talk about baseball. Uh, well, there, there's a lot of periods of pass, advance, pass, retreat, move it from one side of the field to the other, and then maybe a shot sometime in the next hour. Um, you know, hockey, uh, very difficult names um, and different line changes. Uh, and, yeah. and, and for a hockey broadcaster, be it in the minors or in the NHL, to be that high above the action, to be able to, um, to, be able to see that, it, it's, it's really remarkable. So I think a hockey announcer in volleyball, for that matter, uh, there are some schools that do volleyball on the radio. Illinois State did volleyball on the radio. Jake Ramada here at Ohio has done volleyball. That's hard uh, to be able to yeah. do that. So, um, yeah, I respect him. Uh, I'd like to think I could do it, but I'm not so sure. Uh, and Maestro, good job getting a slam on coach into your question. Oh, with my goal. That. <laughs> and uh, so, Russ, before we let you go, Ben Vanderplas, 
right? We as a podcast have embraced the nickname, the big cheese for this guy comes from Wisconsin. It's so much fun to shout big cheese when he hits a three or he drives the lane. Uh, I think you got to get behind it. You know what? A lot. That's fine. That's fair. Uh, my nicknames have been a little bit more organic and I've seen that on Twitter and just in, in the play by play style, it just hasn't come up yet. Um, you know, but like London McDay and doing the McDirty work, I mean, that was just so, that was just so easy. And I'm not saying that big cheese is not good. It just hasn't come naturally for me. So when you hear it, if you do hear it next year from me, uh, you will know that it has seeped into my psyche to organically come out and melt over the radio for you. We will listen to every second just for that moment. And we'll continue. I will say this. He likes every tweet that we refer to him as big cheese in. So I think he, <laughs> think he's a fan. Nice. And, uh, and in that Akron game, he dunked over Tyler cheese. And I think we just about lost oh. our heads on our text. Side with each other. We're oh. like big cheese over cheese. Oh, that's, that's a whole lot of Wisconsin there. So, uh, all right, Russ. Well, uh, before before we let you go, we're asking all our guests as we sit go through the virus, any recommended entertainment property or show on Netflix or something that people can be checking out and trying to fill the hole that, that no sports has created in their viewing lives? Well, um, I'm a huge Sopranos fan, so going back and watching The Sopranos from the start is something that I've done. Um, and, and I've seen every episode about a million times, but I just think that's that's just that just fits for me. Um Reading a little bit more like actual real books, uh, which I know some, yeah. some people might find amazing, but I'm finishing up something called The Grind uh, Inside Baseball's Endless Season. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know the pronunciation of this guy's name, but it's Barry, S-V-R-L-U-G-A. Uh, and I, I don't, I need a, pronunci- a pronunciation in the media sure. notes. Uh, but anyway, it's really good. It's, it's, it's about 200 pages, so it's not long, but it, but it, takes a course of the season. This happened to be the 2014 or 15 Washington national season where he was a beat writer for him, but he focuses on um, different aspects, uh, a scout, a starter, the 26 man on a roster, a baseball wife, you know, just, just taking us behind the curtain a little bit more. So uh, I encourage that. I'm also reading, now this is a little heavier now. Uh, this is the wisdom of the native Americans. No joke. I'm reading this right now. I'm on chapter six and uh, I'm on the ways of the heart. Um, I'm single. uh, So maybe I need to uh, take some uh, wisdom from the Native Americans. And then maybe after all this uh, isolation, I'll be able to to get a date. Well, good luck with that. Uh, If there's one demographic the Sports Wednesday audience is filled with, it's uh, it's single people. (laughs) Single ladies. (laughs) Single ladies. All right. Thank you so much, Russ, for coming on. Uh, this has been just a huge highlight for us all. Uh, like I said, we're huge fans of the work. We're huge fans of taking our family down to watch the Bobcats and uh, just appreciate all the work that you do in really giving Ohio U uh, the professional sound that it deserves. Well, I, I appreciate you guys and, and good luck with this and, and call anytime. You know, hopefully there is a season to talk about next year. Uh, and if I don't get that NBA call up, I'll be back here to do it. And, uh, and hopefully I'll join you guys again. Awesome. Man, that was awesome guys. What were your, what were, I mean, 
first legit guest on the show. Not that Cole Medvec, our analyst, is not a legit. We love Cole. Yes, love Cole. But uh, and not that Bonzi Wells' voicemail wasn't great. It was we amazing. Love Bonzi's voicemail. But this was a legit guest talking to us about legit things. What'd you guys think? I I was I thought it was fantastic. He well, first things first. He is very very good at his craft, and he's very serious about his craft, which. Um, I commend. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't show up to work and punch the clock. This is a guy that shows up to work and wants to make sure that everybody's experience on the other side of that microphone is fantastic. Um, and I appreciate that because the enthusiasm that he has, as he calls it, infotainment, um, I love it. Um, and he's all he's always hustling, right? Always. You think like take a break now, get some rest. No, he is like he's cranking it out. Yeah, he's he's always got he's always looking forward, never looking back. And uh, I hesitate to mention because I know what Maestro is going to do, but I think Edis already he's a baseball guy. <laughs> he <laughs> is, you know, even even as he was sort of talking, he had that delivery, that baseball delivery. You know, it's like I'm a baseball guy. I'm a baseball he did guy, that little simulation guy. where he was talk, trying to tell a story and then also yeah. doing baseball. And I was like, Which oh, I, yeah, 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 he's totally he's totally into it. He 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 seems like or it feels like that he thinks that an NBA job is going to come before a major league baseball job. But I think if those two were both presented to him at the same time, I don't I think it's a no brainer. I think Russ takes the MLB job. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's got I think he's got a good reel for NBA since he did that Hornet yes. show. For You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and, and I think he'd be great at both. I mean, I love listening oh, to him call the cats. That's why when they're on TV and it's not him, I'm always like, ah, right yeah oh definitely do you guys think he'll get behind the big cheese i mean he had a good point about nicknames they have to happen organically which i get behind but like when they're well, hey we we had just had uh miller's chicken we were sitting down watching the game the game started i had a, a rough little burp right as the big cheese was going down i was like big cheese! yeah and it, <laughs> it it came from us organically so we just yeah. need, just need to keep pushing it to him like this is a we're gonna nag the heck out of this and, and, and <laughs> russ right. russ if you're listening which i know you might we're we're gonna be there we're gonna be that itch that you gotta scratch and at some point you're just gonna explode say, the big cheese <laughs> I respect a maestro because as soon as as russ mentioned him in the in the broadcast maestro just shouted in the background big cheese <laughs> <laughs> This could be huge. And 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 here's the other thing. Big Cheese is just a sophomore. I think he's got a ton of potential. I'm not I hate saying this stuff because coach said Dontrell Jackson would be the, the best Mac quarterback to the best quarterback to never win a Mac conference title. And that didn't turn out to be true, not true. necessarily. Uh but he he could be in he could be a Fred Hoiberg. But I also think with I mean the nucleus that they have with Preston yeah. only gonna be a junior, you've got uh Big Cheese, you've got Ben Roderick, and you. And I guarantee that Bulls is going to have a nice class coming in again. That they're going to be they're going to be positioned to be very good next year. Because I mean, yeah. I, it's the Mac. When you get older and you get into those junior senior years, and guys aren't leaving, you have a real good chance to win that that conference. And they do. So okay. OU, So tell me. So um, they're they're on semesters now. They're not doing trimesters. Right. They're the same as that's right. So so chances are there isn't even a baseball season going to happen this year. No, right? it's canceled. No, no it's it's already yeah. canceled. They've already canceled all NCAA spring sports because wow. they just came out and um, they granted every player a 
an extra year of eligibility, but with those baseball players, they're not going to stick around for it. It, yeah. it sucks for them. So he's not calling any baseball this year. Oh, he's probably so bummed. Oh, big time. That's probably why he gave us 40 minutes. He's like, I got to I gotta work these muscles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that and, of course, our footprint of 500 to 800 Central Ohio listeners. That's, that's, that's gold right there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of single ladies for him, but we'll work it out. It's, it's hard. It's, I'll tell you this. When I worked as a sports editor for the New Braunfels Herald, tiny paper, there's a, there's a, there's a thing called the DSE, the divorce sports editor, super common in the industry. And I remember how hard that was on my marriage, right? And oh, I can yes. see how him having to constantly go and go and go on the road doesn't give him a whole lot of time for normal life stuff. No, zero normal life. Okay, so before we move on, uh, we all, after that interview was over, were like, oh, I wish I had asked or I wish I had said, Coach, I know that you wanted to, to mention about your student. So let's let's do yeah. it now. So the one thing that I wanted to mention and I wanted to talk to him about was Ben Roderick, who is a freshman there which we nicknamed, which I'm going to take that back. It wasn't me. Was that you too, uh, Maestro? Was nicknamed Maestro. Lefty? Oh, Lefty, yeah. Yes. Um, he is now a freshman, had a very good freshman year, I thought, and came on strong, six man, started a few games. I had him in sixth grade in social studies, which uh, is crazy. Sixth grade social studies. Sixth grade social studies. And even I, even I, I even told Russ, because I tweeted it to him, but basically said, yeah, I taught him social studies, but I had nothing to do with his basketball. So anything that he does has nothing to do with me. But I know him. So maybe, but maybe next year we'll be listening to the show and it'll be like Ben Roderick with the layup. I understand he had problems with the Mesopotamia. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. Uh, okay, <laughs> and my mine was I had wanted to ask him, although we didn't talk much about football in the interview. But yes, Nathan, is does he think Nathan Rourke is a draft pick oh. or a free agent signing? I wonder what his take on that would be. We need to get him back for that, right? I know the draft's coming up, but would it be nice to give us his position? And then, and then, Maestro, you had a question you wanted to ask him about Queensryche. Is that correct? That is, I, you know, I wanted to know, you know, which, which, because uh, you know, Queensryche broke up. There's two Queensrikes touring now, and I just was curious <laughs> which, which one he would go see. Which one he prefers, the one with Michael Wilton or the one with Jeff Tate? So that I was. I think he's a Tate guy. It. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say it. I think he's a Tate guy. I'm a Tate I mean, guy. I'm a, I'm a Tate guy too. All right. Oh my God. A rare moment of, of complete. We're all Tate guys. Wow. Yeah. So very good. All right, Maestro, let's play us into our next segment. Thank you, Russ, for coming on the show and giving us some legitimacy. I hope, uh, hope it works out for your career. If you become an NBA play by play guy, uh, sooner or later, we're going to show up at the arena and be like, it's us from sports Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll be like, excuse me. I'm talking to Shaq right now. I'll get to you in a moment. (laughs) I particularly really like that uh, that riff you just did. That was right in my wheelhouse. You know, my, a lot of people would use the quarantine to let them their guitar skills get rusty. Maestro is staying sharp. Oh, he's I've been playing good. every day since I got that Stratocaster. Wicked smart. Oh, Wicked yeah. chap. Although right now I'm playing a Telecaster. Ooh, a Tele. Tele. A little Tele. 
And if you guys would like to know the difference between those two, tune into Craft Beer and Vinyl. Hey, everybody! Craft Beer and Vinyl on it is uh, It is Telly <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> That's our uh, fictional other podcast, which we feel like as 40-year-olds in the suburbs, almost 50, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Of, of uh, Central Ohio. That's 80% of uh, the things we talk about are Craft Beer and Vinyl Records. It really is. The other 20% is the Bobcats, baby. Woo! Go Cats. All right. It looks like a recommendations. How do we do this? Do we say Rex of the Week? Rex of the Week. I think that works. This is uh, taking over for Locks of the Week. It's where we uh, give you some heartfelt and thoughtful recommendations, and sometimes we just wing it uh, for different entertainment properties to keep your ear holes happy or your eyeballs happy during the uh, weird end times that we are currently yes. going through it. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put myself last. All right, coach. Okay. So I'm going to throw it to you first. Well, can you we have, do? Okay. You, who do you want to do first? What do you want to do? I can, I can go first. I love going first. I mean, you made the show sheet and here I am driving. No, uh, I, like I apologize. Drive. Do you want to drive? Are you no, sure? No, 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 I'm good I probably, good, good, good. to be honest, if I was actually driving, I shouldn't be driving. I know. I love that. That's what makes <laughs> this driving even more fun. No, we're good. Okay. So I'll, I'll go first. My 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 wreck of the week for. Uh... I'm listening to the bromance. <laughs> I'm gonna see bromance. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Maestro, do you want to go first? Yeah, I do. All right, go first. Okay. All right. For some reason. I got book choice of the week. I don't know. Is this Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> I even said you could pick anything you what? wanted. You do I look up. like somebody that sits around and reads? I don't know. Do you? No. Oh, damn it. Well, you could have picked anything you wanted. I do, have a, I do have a book choice, but I'm not going to talk about it on here. That's ridiculous. I'll post it on the Instagrams. Excellent. Come on, um, my... But what I do it- have, I, what I do have, I got two teenage boys that are bored to death. So yeah. what I want to say, my recommendation of the week is, and my wife and I are teaching the boys how to play cards. Ooh, what do you so play? We're, we're going to do gin rummy. Uh-huh. Oh, good game. Good we're going to do euchre, and yeah. then we're going to teach them how to how to play some various pokers. Oh, nice. Texas Hold'em. Let's let's get them walking away from this with some life skills. So that's excellent card games. I like it. So, uh, card, card, card games with inexperienced gamblers. I know Coach is right now thinking of breaking the quarantine and running down to Maestro's <laughs> I'm house. Like, Let's go. I've got 20 bucks. Let's go. Love taking advantage of Coach's gambling problem. Good recommendation, Maestro. Don't don't uh, think for a second. I didn't notice that you uh, don't have a book recommendation. It's probably because uh, the book that we're expecting does not have pictures in it. <laughs> Hey now, actually, actually, so, sometime listener gave me a couple great uh, comic books that I'm gonna I'm gonna read. Uh, they're noise Ult- Mar- Marvel Ultimates. You guys read Ooh, those? Yes, I have. Those are fun. Those super are human, Superhuman Volume One. I'm gonna read that tonight. No, the, the aren't we all? Aren't we all sometime listeners? We are. <laughs> I think that's the, the gist of this place. Okay, I, I listened to 92% of the shows. All right, Coach, what do you got? It looks like comfort food choice of the week. My comfort food choice, I think everybody needs a little something to make them feel good about themselves, sit back. We're having a lot of time and a lot of chances to make your own lunches and whatnot. And mine is your simple grilled cheese and tomato soup. If you haven't done oh, it in the two weeks so or good. three weeks, you get a nice, it's just straight white bread. I always put way too much butter because I love the buttery taste when I get a nice good grill. 
American cheese is fantastic. It's classic, but I like to cut it up with a little cheddar if you've got it. it gives a little little change to the, the mm. taste and just straight Campbell's tomato soup. Don't get it fancy. Don't get anything with chunks in it. Just straight soup. Dip that crap in there, and it is it is going to make you feel good about life again. It is it, it is it is absolutely the what you need right now, and that's grilled nice. cheese. Tomato. Actually, my my tummy's growling. That sounds delicious. I know, and it's it, it's so like I've been going to schools for the twelve years I had my own school, and then twenty plus years as a teacher. And when we have grilled cheese and tomato soup, I absolutely will put my lunch down and go down to the 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 cafeteria and get that because I have to have it. Noise. It's, it's so good. Nice. I don't, th- I do have a grilled cheese hack. I don't know that it would go with uh tomato soup, but um, if you have, if you have one of those little baggies of uh, pepperoni lying around, I like yeah. to throw a couple slices in there between the cheese. Absolutely. And the the, you oh. can always do a slice of tomato. You can oh. do the pepperoni. You don't want to get too crazy, but the no, pepperoni is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm, that, that mm. makes me real hungry. I'm lactose intolerant, and I'm also allergic to tomatoes. <laughs> I can't eat that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Good recommendation. That's been a that's been a comfort food of choice here here in the BMOC headquarters, corporate headquarters. Right now, we're Absolutely. going here eventually. <laughs> All right, so I, I know we have a surprise guest, and uh, I unfortunately I know who it is, but I have no idea what the recommendation is. So I'm going to go and do mine, and then we'll throw to you, Coach, Absolutely. for the surprise guest. Okay, I got the quarantine podcast of the week, and uh, you guys know I'm a man of integrity, so it's certainly not this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you kidding. Got us. Uh, I listened to it. I have actually had a lot of podcast time because I was back and forth to Cleveland a lot uh, over the recent weeks. There is just a four-episode podcast called My Year in Mensa, which I found fascinating and an easy listen. It's basically, it's about a young woman blogger who thought it would be funny to take the Mensa test, and she got in. So she wrote a funny blog post called, They Let Sluts Into Mensa Now. (laughs) And the Mensons did not find that funny at all. And it's just kind of about this year that she was... She was in this organization kind of having these battles back and forth. Uh, interesting insight into super smart people who are not super socially evolved. Oh, so excellent. four episodes, my year in Mensa. That's my podcast of the week recommendation. Podcast of the week. Podcast after, of the week. I love after it. you finish listening to Sports Wednesday, and if you, you're new to the show, go back, start at episode one. There's only 104 episodes. They're timely. They're they're timeless. They so timely. And they're all real short. Like they, they don't Very go good. over 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I might have guys, I might have a Pete Brown says coming out here in a week or two. I just Ooh. gotta see where my emotional equilibrium is. Oh, I love your emotional equilibrium. All right. So uh we have been inviting guest recommenders and coaches driving that. He has been talking this one up. What do we got, coach? Well, we've got a, a loyal listener. Um Chip Midnight, and <laughs> and I sent him a a um I sent him what I wanted from him, but I'm not going to say anything. He does a he does a, such a fantastic job to explain it. So all I'm going to do is play it for you. Noise. This is longtime listener, first time caller, Chip Midnight calling in from my basement, air quotes office and air quotes somewhere in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> And I'm here to recommend my 80s hair metal band to listen to on Spotify that you probably have never heard of. Here's the thing. It's often called 80s hair metal because the genre was at its lipstick and leather glory in the late 80s. But there was another wave of great sleaze rock bands who were part of that second and third wave, 
the cream of the crop being New York City's spread eagle. These guys sounded oh, sort of yeah. like Skid Row and Skid Row were street alley bullies rather than metal edge centerfolds. The self-titled <laughs> album that I'm recommending here came out in 1990 and kicks your ass for thinking that this genre was only made up of poofy-haired, lipstick-applying, leather pants-wearing girly boys from the Sunset Strip. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Coach, Maestro, BMOC, I expect your thoughts on the next Sports Wednesday episode. And that's Chip Goddamn Midnight. That's beautiful. Spread I'm already Eagle. a fan. I remember when that Spread Eagle album came out and Chip had it on CD driving around listening to it. So wow. that is Yeah, do you, you, Maestro, you know Spread Eagle? I don't. <laughs> I'm going to oh! going to dial him up. We're dialing him up this week and we will follow up next week. Spread Eagle. <laughs> I I got to tell you when that started playing and I heard what topic you gave him I'm you like knew it's it. LA Guns. He's going with I LA Guns. So too. Because he's got pre, such a plethora. Three Guns and Roses, yeah. Yes. And, uh, or Rhino Bucket. That would be another one that he might go for. Oh, for spread Bucket, Eagle. Yeah. He went Spread Eagle. He went, he, went, he went deep cut. All right. So just to summarize, for those of you who are like, boy, I wish I had a time to get a pencil and write down all of these recommendations. They are, in no particular order, My Year in Mensa, Grilled Cheese with Tomato Soup, I Don't Read But Play Cards with Your Kids, and Spread Eagle. <laughs> That sums it up. Good times. All right. Maestro, you know what's next? I do. You guys ready? I'm ready. Two minute drill. Wow. The two minute drill. Coach, tell us how it works. Two minute drill. We all get 20 seconds, two times to say anything we want. Doesn't have to be sports related. And we get it done, hopefully, but never have in two minutes. Very good. 20 seconds each. We're going to do Coach Maestro BMOC tonight. You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hang on here. I got to get the Mr. Stopwatch off. All right, Coach, your two minutes starts now. Super Jock. This is my favorite toy when I was a little kid. He's getting pulled off the shelf now while we're here at home, and I'm going to start having some field goal fun. I figure it's time in quarantine. I might as well start learning how to kick the 40-yard field goal that I couldn't kick when I was little with Super Jock. Love it. Time, maestro. So, quarantine. I'm looking at the silver lining here, and i got to say, this past weekend it was nice and warm. People were out taking walks, walking their dogs, going for jogs. And I was playing pig and around the world with my boys. I'm thinking, that's pretty cool. Time. (laughs) Time. Nice job, maestro. All right. Hey, Curly Neal of the Harlem Globetrotters passed away. If you saw him as a kid, this one really hit you hard. It was just sad. I know Goose was the funny one. We all know Goose was the funny one, but he couldn't have been funny without Curly's magic with that ball. That guy, his ball handling skills were unmatched. Time, coach. Okay, so this week they've been basically playing all of these old basketball games, and I got to catch the 1992 Duke-UK game, which is called the Leitner Shot. Quick thought. All the guys on Duke look like they're from the 90s. They're kids from the 90s. Everybody on UK has these porn stashes, and they look like they're 35 years old, and they just got off the truck working something. I am not sure what's going on, but everybody looks old back then. Yeah, so it was kind of like a team of Matthew McConaughey's taking on, like, a boy band. Correct. Except all of them. <laughs> yes. Time! Maestro, what do you got? Hey, I got to say, I'm... I'm pretty proud of the state of Ohio. I know uh, the last couple of weeks, you know, Governor DeWine's been getting a lot of attention. 
But I got to say, we've got some innovators in this state. We've got Abbott Labs coming out with that COVID-19 testing device they can test in five minutes. And we also got the, the Battelle process for de decontaminating N95 face masks. They can do 80,000 masks in a day. That's Woo! awesome. Go Ohio. Let's not forget Ohio's home of Hoopsters. Hoopsters. Greatest basketball theme board game ever made at Hoopsters.store. Still sticking with us, the good people at Hoopsters. God bless them. All right, time me. I uh, put down on the show sheet Baker statue, and then Maestro texted. He's like, I already talked about the Baker statue a few that. weeks ago. And I was like, dude, I'm talking, obviously, about the Edward Dickinson Baker statue in the U.S. Capitol. He was a senator from Oregon, October 2nd, 1860 to October 21st, 1861. Unfortunately killed in the Battle of Balls Bluff. I'm not making that up. <laughs> That's the Baker statue I wanted to talk about. Woo! Time! Time! That it? What is that, Maestro? It's the two-minute drill. Nice work, I'll tell you what. Liberating ourselves from our thin connection to the theme of sports seems to be working for this show. I'm killing it. All right, we're going to guess the time. I'm going to tell you guys we went a little over tonight. Coach, what are your guess? Two minutes, 37 seconds. Maestro? 295! <laughs> <laughs> 295 for Maestro. Once again, that's closest. We went 245. So Damn. once again, didn't make the two-minute drill. Would not have won that game. But I'll tell you what, Maestro, episode MVP, first of all. Damn it. He didn't ask, he didn't ask Russ Eisenstein a lot of questions. But when he did, he made him count by slamming coach in the asking of the question. That's efficient Damn. work there, Maestro. I love it. Plus a two-minute drill. You're our MVP. Fellas, anything else before we wrap this one up? I think we're good. I'm good. Well, uh, apologies. Oh, my God. Did you guys know Roger Goodell has been on the phone this whole oh, time? Oh, damn it. Sorry, Roger. Uh, PD, tell him we'll get him on next week. I guess uh, apologies to Roger Goodell. He's uh, he's the commissioner of the NFL. was going to be on the show tonight, but we didn't get to him. And our, our thanks to Russ Eisenstein, who we did not bump. That's all the sports fit to be discussed in a medium sort of way. Until Wednesday next, and on behalf of basketball legend Matt Longley, the maestro Brian Hake, and me, Pete Brown, the big man on campus, saying... Good times, everybody. Good times. Good times. Tasty. That's good work. You guys, you want to um, record it now? <laughs> Sports Wednesday is produced by Blue Monkey Communications and features basketball legend Matt Longley, the maestro Brian Hake, and me, Pete Brown. Some music and sound effects from today's show came from the websites audionautics.com and freesound.org. Visit sportswednesday.com for complete attribution. You can follow us on Twitter at Sport Wednesday. That's Sport with no S. Wednesday, and on Instagram at Sports Wednesday. For more information about the board game Hoopsters, visit hoopsters.store, drop your email address in, and we'll keep you in the loop. Until next Wednesday, and on behalf of basketball legend Matt Longley and the maestro Brian Hake, I'm Pete Brown, the big man on campus, saying good times, everybody. Good times. Good times.